This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. The Weekend Warrior. Every Saturday morning from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. On ESPN LA 710. Dedicated to you, the fan who works hard all week and slugs it out on the court. The field, the big box store, and the honey-do list all weekend long. And helping you cope as you come to the realization you're not 19 any longer. Here's board-certified orthopedic surgeon Dr. Robert Clapper. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. I got two shout-outs for Weekend Warriors. One, the great Scott Kaplan. So proud of him. So honored to work with him on this station. I see he's retweeting all about the Weekend Warriors show. Go on Twitter and you can see. Scott, you're the best. And a shout-out to Steve Cohn. Thank you for all the great Laker pictures that I'm hanging in my office right now. It's awesome. Miss your pizza, though, that's for sure. Today's topic is one of my favorites, the power of creativity. I don't care whether you're a surgeon, a plumber, an IT, a radio host, whatever you do with your life, you want to be original. You want to be creative. You want to be an artist. In the world of sports, nobody did it better than Dr. J. Since I was you know, he brought so much creativity to the game. Here comes Julius Irving. You know what's next? Oh, what a shot by the doctor! You know, the under the hand against the Lakers where you find the basket. We all tried to do it once he did it. What a play by Irving. That's a play that only Julius could make. I guess I would have never had those visions if, if I hadn't seen Dr. J in his time. But what comes with that originality, that creativity, is full-on awe. You could be 10 years old or you could be Charles Barkley. You see something that you've never seen before. It's awe-inspiring. Who's your favorite basketball player? Dr. J. Why? All his moves he do. That's why. Behind me, up on the roof, is a school. They were all on the roof. He drew the greatest crowd in the history of the Rucker Pro League. You had people up in the trees, sitting on branches. Everywhere you looked around, there were people. Because he's an artist with the basketball. It makes you the most intimidating guy in the room. It ain't your money. It ain't your diplomas. When you're an artist, people want to get close to you. But they're also scared of you because you have a God-given gift. J. Julius Irving. When you come into the league, Doc's in your locker room. Did you approach him uh, and say, hey, I'm Charles Barkley? Did he see you and say, welcome? How did that all work? I've told this story a hundred times and I never I get it. I must not have been listening. I never, I, I, I told the brothers. <laughs> uh, just the brothers. <laughs> Ernie, the night before training camp, I was up all night. I was nervous. This was my first training camp, obviously. But the number one thing I thought about the whole night was, how am I going to approach Dr. J? Do I call him Dr. J, Julius, Mr. Irving? 
I had cold sweat thinking about that. <laughs> Where do we see this awestruckness in the world of art? Well, in 2011, a man named John Severson. He was born in 1933, and he passed away, sadly, in 2017. He lived to be 84. But John Severson, just like Julius Irving, took his work and his love for basketball and made it an art form. John Severson, not a basketball player, but a surfer. And he decided to use a movie camera. And then to promote the movie, decided to make a booklet to promote the movie. This is in 1960. The booklet became so popular, people still wanted to see the movie. But artistically, putting together by himself, this booklet became a magazine called Surfer Magazine. Everything John Severson did in his life, combining his two passions, surfing and being an artist, making movies, making a magazine, being a painter. He could capture that feeling of floating on the water and that energy from God that captures your surfboard and propels you forward better than anybody else. And awestruck, all of us surfers, to be around him was like being around Bruce Brown, my good friend. That creativity gives you a power like none other. This is Drew Campion, the first editor of Surfer Magazine that John Severson started talking about him. Because I'm sitting over here with John, who I haven't seen for a number of years. It's, it's a fabulous thing, and I'm reflecting on the idea of, uh, of the strength of an idea. So when John started Surfer Magazine, he was working with a typewriter and uh, the paper and pen. It used to be the way we communicated. And uh, he, uh, he cobbled this thing together, but, but uh, he was an artist in all these different ways. And one of them happened to be in the putting together uh, of, a, of a kind of a magazine thing about uh, a sport that he loved. And his photos had a certain quality and his illustrations had a certain quality. And, the uh, way he worked with words had a certain quality. He wrote a couple of books. Uh, he was very prolific. And um, I had the opportunity to work with John for uh, a few years in the late 60s. And uh, it became apparent to me that uh, John Severson is an artist. And everything he touches is art. Uh, it's, it's a fantastic thing. Now I want you to hear, just like listening to Julius Irving, Dr. J talk about his journey. This is another artist talking about his journey of creativity, John Severson. Hi, I'm uh, John Severson. Well, I grew up uh, in Altadena and Pasadena. In 1945, my dad had, was fed up with uh, business, and so he quit his job and moved to San Clemente, which turned out to be uh, uh, the greatest move of my life. <laughs> uh, became a little beach boy, learned to surf, got cameras, uh, immediately took them to the water to shoot surfing, got a movie camera, started shooting uh, magic, magic movies. As a little kid, he already realized, well, I love this, but I'm going to be an artist also with it, just like Kevin Short, the painter. 
Continued my surf film uh, hobby and, and until I was drafted in the Army, and that was after college. And uh, the Army made a tactical error and they sent me to Hawaii. In Hawaii, they assigned me to the Army surf team with orders to practice every afternoon at Sunset Beach or Makaha. <laughs> nice orders. I shot more footage in Hawaii at the time and made a, uh, my first film called Surf, getting right to the point. And uh, I had a minor success with that and then made some more films, Surf Safari, Surf Fever, Big Wednesday, and some others. And, and then got sidetracked with a little uh, booklet project, which turned out to be uh, Surfer Magazine. Yeah, this is what happened. He decides I'm going to promote at the surf shops up and down the coast that I have a movie. I'm going to make a booklet. We're going to do some drawings because he's an artist. He's also an artist with words. And he takes photographs. So he makes this little booklet and gives him out for 25 cents or something at surf shops. He didn't give him out. He's selling them for cheap to promote the movie. All of a sudden, his brother, who's in charge of delivering the booklets to the surf shop, says to him, let me tell you something. Forget about the movie. They're having fights online because everybody wants this booklet. When you're an artist, be open to the success. You may be shocked at where it comes from and delighted all at the same time that, oh my God, I get to be successful in something that I love. Uh, my brother is uh, carrying the magazines down to the uh, first surf shops to see, uh, you know, to, to fill the orders. And I get a phone call a little later. And Jim says, sorry to have to tell you this, but I got to have Jacobs and there was a riot. He says, yeah, the riot was to buy the magazine. They're lined up around the block. He said the 25 order turned to 125 and, and that's the way it went all down the coast. And, uh, and it was just off to a smash hit, right, the first day. Just be open to that success you may have. 12 years ago, Mike Thompson said, Dr. Clapper, I think you'd be great on the radio. How the hell do I know? I don't have any training. But I said yes. Remember what my mother Lillian Clapper used to tell me, Robbie. In life, say yes, say yes to everything. Don't worry, the world will tell you no enough. That's right. If you're an artist, you're creative, be open, say yes. The world will tell you no enough. Yeah, the first issues were, were tough. They were very successful, but we developed a staff like uh, Rick Griffin, Ron Stoner, a great photographer. We had Bev Morgan, who, who was terrific. He's really one of the unknowns. Then Pat McNulty, who brought a kind of sophistication to the editing. The surfers were great, too. Uh, they made the magazine. Uh, we had uh, the big three, uh, Phil Edwards, Dewey Weber, and uh, Mickey Dora. Look at how he's so willing to spread the joy and the success, deflecting a lot of it. But John Severson was an artist in the world of surfing like no other. In the middle of my tenure with Surfer, uh, mid-60s, the whole world was changing. There was uh, war and peace and love and protest and uh, social uh, awareness and consciousness. And uh, the right editor came along at that time, and that was uh, Drew Campion. He pushed our minds. He said things that we were thinking and no one had said before. 
I would say the biggest response we ever ever got was over a photo of a uh, black boy on the beach in South Africa with a sign behind no colors. There was outrage on both sides and we just let it run because uh, we wanted to show inequality and wanted to uh, wake people up. He's keep, he kept saying yes to everything. I like to feel that surfing is a little more artistic and, and uh, light with a sense of humor because of Surfer Magazine. When I got into Surfer, uh, I told Louise that we worked 10 years and then sell the magazine or whatever enterprises that come along and, and uh, travel, surf, and uh, paint. And uh, Ben Finney used to uh, regale us with stories of Honolulu Bay. And so I, I was, from, from 58 on, I was looking for a trail to Honolulu and found it. Yeah, Honolulu Bay. And finally? Uh, as for my painting, I try to work for my imagination. Sometimes I start somewhere, I, I see a photo or I see something in the water and I work off of that. But uh, I try not to, uh, to appropriate too much. But as far as life goes, I wanted to paint, I wanted to uh, surf, and I wanted to have artistic projects. And uh, it's worked that way, and it just continues to work that way. As Rick Griffin used to say, yes, I'm stoked. <laughs> yes, I'm stoked. That's coming from an 80-year-old man. Listen to Tony Danza, who called in earlier. That's coming from a man, he's not 80. He's still the youngest guy I know for his age. Art will do that to you. It'll allow you to fight Father Time, to stay creative. And coming up next, I'm going to talk to, and you're going to really benefit and enjoy. What a treat to talk to my favorite painter, who happens to be a surfer, who can capture the energy of sunlight on the water like nobody else. The great Kevin Short. Coming up next, right here on the Weekend Warrior Show on 710 ESPN. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Sax.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. <laughs> We're stuck here. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Don't listen to them. Don't even listen to Betty Crocker when she tells you how many minutes the brownies should cook in the oven. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. 
Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Steve Paulette, you still make us all laugh at the sound bites of my own voice. Oh, my God. Well, I'm so excited right now to talk to my favorite artist, the great Kevin Short. Kevin, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us. Glad to be here with you, Doctor. I want to read to you, before we get started, the words of Drew Campion talking about John Severson, another surfer who picked up a paintbrush and painted. And I'll be honest with you, his stuff is great, but he ain't no Kevin Short. But I want to read this paragraph to you and see what you think. John found himself in a wonderful dream, being able to merge his creative spirit with his predilection for surfing and his love of waves was a gift not lost on the young man. He was painting, surfing, and it was a revelation. What does that mean to you to hear that? Combining the ability to be on the water and at the same time to be able to convey that feeling to us with paint and canvas. John is right. That is uh, such a gift to be able to look, absorb, and be on the water and then spend the rest of the time expressing that. Mm. Uh, does it start for you, Kevin? Take, well, first of all, let's. I need the Weekend Warriors to know who you are. Take us through the beginning. Where did you grow up? How did this all happen to you that right now, till December 31st, the Weekend Warrior fans can see 30 of your paintings hanging at the Santa Barbara Maritime Museum. How did this all start for you? Well, it started growing up in Santa Barbara and Goleta, playing on the beach and sailing and being a family that loved the water, loved uh, the arts, loved science, and growing up there, running around, having a great time as a kid, just Loving it. And then uh, my father got a job out at Kirkland Air Force Base working for the Air Force, hmm. which meant we moved to the desert. And that was quite a shock to all of us little beach kids. <laughs> and the way I dealt with it was I started to paint and look back at the ocean because wow. I, I truly was connected. And it was like missing a limb and that you I just couldn't uh, scratch that itch and uh, studied painting in New Mexico. And then when I could, I came back out to California and decided I'm never letting go of this ocean again. Oh my God. Isn't it interesting? You, we all fight when, when life gives us lemons, but the reality sure. is, is we all need to learn how to make lemonade from the lemons. We're all going to get thrown off the horse of life, but life is richer spiritually, emotionally, forget about financially, when we figure out how to get back on the horse. So here's this tragedy in your life that now you've been taken from the beach to go to the desert, but it puts you into the frame of mind to express what you miss so much on canvas and this gift you've been given of being able to be a painter to express that that's the only way that comes about. Oh, my God. That's amazing, Kevin. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. It, it, it was a hard road, but now you look back and go, I don't think I'd have it any other way. Well, I want to ask, this is what I just asked Tony Danza, who amazingly called in earlier in the show. I want to play a soundbite 
in the world of creativity, which is what you do for a living as a painter, you have to be inspired by people who came before you, right? You have to be taught and then see something and kind of put it together and put your own spin on it. So there needs to be a stem cell at some point. And for Michael Jordan, the greatest basketball player who ever lived, his stem cell, the guy who came before him who inspired him, was Dr. J, Julius Irving. So I want to play this soundbite, and I really want to hear what you hear when you hear this. Since I was Julius Irving, and, you know, he brought so much creativity to the game. Here comes Julius Irving. You know what's next? You know, the under the hand against the Lakers, we are behind the basket. We all try to do it once he did it. What a play by Irving. That's a play that only Julius could make. I guess I would have never had those visions if, if I hadn't seen Dr. J in his time. Where did those visions come, for, come from in you? What teacher did you have that kind of gave you some tricks about showing light different times of day on the water? Well, I was first inspired by Rick Griffin growing up and being a little surf rat and an ocean person, seeing him uh, create different things all the time, just nonstop inspiration, creativity. And then as I studied painting, uh, of course, I loved Van Gogh and Monet and uh, uh, Da Vinci. But at one point, I saw a photograph by a guy named Cartier Brisson, Hmm. and it was just a moment, a little moment in time. Hmm. It was a guy jumping off a fallen ladder in in some water, in a big, giant, glassy-looking puddle. Hmm. And it's right before his foot hits the water, and that little moment in time was so amazing to me and inspired me Hmm. to allow myself. It, It... it, it is it is like Dr. J. He, he had a vision because he could see something he hadn't seen before. And that just unleashes a lot of creativity. And I decided I wanted to catch those little moments that struck me. What a challenge it must be for you, Kevin, because you happen to love showing waves, which are moving water. You happen to show yeah. light, which is forever changing because the sun is moving as well. And you've challenged yourself to try to show movement, something that's three-dimensional, in two-dimensional medium of painting. So how do you meet that challenge? Well, that is a good question. I, I first uh, try to recognize what I'm going to, strangely enough, limit myself to painting because I've... <laughs> Once you learn how to be inspired and once you learn how to create, it's like a knocked over fire hydrant where (laughs) you just have all this creative energy. And so I have to pick what moment and I'm going to capture and what moment can I actually get onto canvas in a reasonable amount of time. And so as I am focusing on that, I allow myself to express myself with all my emotions and allow that to guide myself in the in brushstrokes in movement, and try not to contain it too much. Wow, you know, you talk about fire hydrant reminds me of that comedian Stephen Wright who used to say, "I went to visit a fire hydrant factory, but I couldn't find any place to park." <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I just went to That's the. Beautiful. He also said, "I just went to that museum where all the arms and legs uh, from all the sculptures that were missing them were at." <laughs> <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good visual of running over the fire hydrant and the gushing water. Wow. What about flatness of painting versus using the gobs of paint to give a sculptural nature, a three-dimensional look? Is do you actually this is a stupid question, but when you when you put on a glob of paint, which people will see when they go to visit your paintings at the Santa Barbara Maritime Museum, does light actually in the room have a tiny little shadow when you have a glob of paint versus a flatness to the paint on the canvas? Yes, it does. And uh over time I recognized I, I hadn't known this was coming, but I noticed that as the light goes around each glob of paint, there's little miniature color shifts. Wow. So <laughs> you can actually see that the painting slightly changes color over the course of the day. Wow. Now, how... It was a complete accident. That's amazing. In your opinion, you're, you're, I, I believe this, and I've talked about this earlier in the show, because you actually are a surfer, you're not just a really good observer and painter with your hands as a skill set reproducing what you're seeing because of the soulfulness of surfing that and you actually do know what it's like to ride on the water you can bring that to your painting so what does how does surfing have anything to do with the art that you do well it it has a lot to do with it. it. One is I think art is better when it's something of an opening of one's heart or vision from their own life to uh, essentially put it on display or show themselves or reveal themselves. Hmm. And spending time surfing and uh, enjoying the surf, all those moods, all that joy, all the interest that happens out there, that becomes part of li my life. Hmm. And it turns out I'm not the only one who has that. And so when I express myself artistically and have spent the day in the waves writing, all that inspiration, all that joy, I see a pattern that it finds its way into each painting I do. Hmm. How long, well, before I let you go, Kevin, I'm talking to the great Kevin Short, who has an exhibit right now of 30 of his paintings, and I got to visit them this past Monday. What a great day you will have if you do this at the Santa Barbara Maritime Museum. They're going to be up till, till when, Kevin? Uh, it's all the way up to January 1st. Wow. Okay. And are the paintings for sale? Uh, there's a few of them that are available for, uh, for okay. purchase, and all you have to do is ask the museum about that. Okay. All right. Then we, I'm definitely going to be doing that. Kevin, I can't <laughs> tell you what a joy it is to to be able to talk to someone who is as creative as you, because you can teach us all, whatever we do with our lives, to have a little bit of Kevin Short in our lives, to be artistic and creative and try to capture movement in something that's still the more we look at your paintings, the more we enrich our own lives. And it's a real honor and a privilege to know you and to have visited with you and to see your paintings. Thanks so much for making the time to be with us this morning. We really appreciate it. 
Thank you, Dr. Popper. Very good to be here. Okay. That's the great Kevin Short, an inspiring presence when you see his work. Coming up next, the lines are lit up. I'll take your calls. We'll do some clap revision, and I definitely want to talk about some injuries in the NFL, particularly what is a patella tendon injury that happened to this, I can't say San Diego Chargers, the L.A. Chargers cornerback, J.C. Jackson. The number is 877-710-ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. Vin Scully. Talking to me. It's so nice to meet you, doctor. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Are you kidding me? I'm a schmendrick, Dr. Clapper, compared to Vin Scully. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. On ESPN 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. In case you didn't know, that music is from The Ventures, a group. That many consider the greatest instrumental group of all time. Walk, don't run. Love it. All right, the lines are lit up. Let's do some Clapper vision with the Weekend Warriors. Let's go to John. You're on with Dr. Clapper. How can I help? Hi, Dr. Clapper. Hey, uh... How young are you? What do you do for a living? Well, I'm 75. I I used to uh, farm. Oh, really? I still have 20 acres of, uh... Land that I try to take care of, but my issue is I can't take care of it because once I eat, not what I eat, but once I eat, I become lethargic. Something's happening; they can't figure out what's going on with me. Hmm. Where and do you? Wondering wh- where do you live? I, uh, where do you live? I live in Visalia, south of Fresno. Well, if you come to Cedars, I can hook you up with some doctors who'll figure out what the hell's the matter with you if you want. Well, I went to Dr. Flyer, but that didn't work out well. Hmm. You need to go to someone who could figure out how the GI tract works the best. And there's a few down here that I would send you to who could help figure that out. Um, So if you got a pencil, I'll give you a couple of names. You ready? All my tests are normal. Everything shows I'm normal, but I'm not normal. So there's my problem. Hmm. I'm ready. Probably one of the smartest GI guys I know. His name is Carrie Strom, S-T-R-O-M. He's been a guest on this show. Are you listening I, to me all the way up in Visalia? Yes, but I hear you better over the telephone because I only have AM and FM. When G5 <laughs> really? So you've listened I to the show before. You know what You know what Clappervision is? Uh, no, I don't. I just your show i think (laughs) yeah well it's when i use metaphors to describe how the body works but you know you can have a lot of normal tests because a test think of it this way you're ready for i'm going to give you a clap revision okay your body is constantly changing and moving 
that's what being alive is. You, that's why you're different than a pet rock. So when you take a snapshot, whether it's an x-ray, a blood test, a urine test, these are snapshots of an EKG. It's a snapshot of, of a still photo of your body at that time. But the reality is, is you need really a moving camera of multiple snapshots. And that's pretty much what film is, right? They, it's a series of still photographs that you have in a, on a wheel and you look at them and it's, that's what makes it moving pictures. That's motion pictures. That's why they're called that because they're moving. So when you have normal studies, you know something's not right. This is why cardiologists, for example, people say, I have chest pain. They'll do an EKG. And guess what? You don't see, you have a normal EKG. They tell you your heart is fine. A good cardiologist will say to you, hey, you need a Holter monitor. What's a Holter monitor? It's an EKG that they put on your chest that continues to go like a moving camera because all of a sudden you'll see Two hours into it, your heart rate decides to go crazy and then it returns to normal again. So to some extent, and I'm not a gastroenterologist, I'm an orthopedic surgeon, you're going to need someone who's going to put in the time to see dynamically with movement what's the matter with you rather than just, all oh, my blood work is fine. Your blood work may be fine, but you're not fine. So there's something wrong with the test, not the person. Capiche? Does that make sense? Let me give you a yeah. farming analogy, right? Well, this is going to be a good one. I'm going to do this one off the top of my head. Good thing I don't have any hair on top of my head because it would fly off right now as I'm trying to do a clap revision with a farmer for something dynamic. But here we go. Clapper vision. I go to visit you in Visalia and I look out and I see that this stalk of corn is looking a little famished which is a Yiddish term, uh, John, for not looking so healthy. But for me to tell you why on this snapshot the corn doesn't look good is so wrong because you may say it rained yesterday. Uh, the corn needs rain and it needs the soil. But the reality is, is the key question is rain yesterday is not what's going to give life to this stalk of corn. By the way, I'm a, not a farmer, and I have no idea what I'm talking about. But the reality is, is you'll say, no, Dr. Clapper, the soil under the surface is dry because we may have had rain yesterday, but the roots need to go deeper, and that deeper soil needed a week of rain, not a day of rain. In other words, you can't just look at the corn and go, it doesn't look right, but it rained yesterday. You need, you need the, the totality of a month of snapshots for you as a farmer to say we're going to have a good crop versus a bad crop. Does that make any sense to you? Sure it does. Well, sure. so I'm officially going to anoint you an AAD, also a doctor, meaning all those years of farming and problem solving and analyzing soil and moisture and nutrients in the soil and all the things you had to do to make things grow that talent, that skill set, 
John the farmer from Vassalia, is exactly what the good doctor you're going to meet is going to do with you to figure out what the hell's the matter with you. Because I don't need you to say, well, he's the doctor, he or she knows better than me. No. You've been solving problems on your farm for decades. Trust me, your farm is exactly like your body. And the same way of thinking to figure out the problem for your farm is how you have to approach figuring out your body. Capiche? I understand. Now, you're going to get better because Kerry Strom ain't going to miss much. He's going to figure out what the hell's the matter with you. I love that guy. There's a surgeon. There's a GI surgeon that I also think is super smart, and his name is Gary Hoffman. So Carrie Strom, the gastroenterologist, and Gary Hoffman, the surgeon, but he's a GI surgeon. These are two of the smartest people I know in the world of GI. They will be able to help figure out what the hell's the matter with you. How's that? I'd love that. Do you have contact numbers? Call Cedar sinai Look up Google Cedar sinai You'll see both their names. Go figure oh, okay. that out. Okay? Good. Thank you very much. Love your show. All right. God bless you, John. Love you, too. Talk to you later. All right, Warriors. We'll take a break. Last segment coming up. I want to do some clap revision with a professional athlete and explain. I also want to talk about my impression of artistically in food. Just like the paint that you will see, Kevin Short, these globs of paint to three-dimensionally show the light shimmering on the water. You got to see it in person to understand what I'm talking about. You can go on Twitter. I put on Twitter at Dr. Robert Clapper, some of his paintings. You really have to see it in person. But where is there a food that reminds me of Kevin Short and the creativity that he has? I'll explain. The number is 877-710-ESPN. Coming up next, right here on the Weekend Warriors Show on 710 ESPN. Check this out. Weekend Warrior is on the air. From the epicenter of sports in the Southland. ESPN LA 7710. With Dr. Robert Clapper, board-certified orthopedic surgeon at Cedars-Sinai Health Associates. What's going on, LA? This is Kobe Bryant. feel like a rabbi. I'm not Robbie Clapper. I'm Rabbi Clapper. Start your weekend off right. Listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. Because the congregation needs me. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN 710 home of your Los Angeles Lakers. But just maybe like a ukulele, mama made a baby. Really don't mind a Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Ah, uh, there's nobody like this guy, Jack Johnson. Also, a guy who finds strength in his surfing and puts it into his music. Be special. Speaking of surfing, last Sunday... What a day I had. Of course, the computer said it would be terrible. And good thing computers don't surf, because I went anyway. And I was with my buddies in the water. The wave is great. The riding is great. The paddling, the exercise, it's just awesome. But there is something that's even better than that. And that is taking a risk, taking a gamble. And what I do is paddle farthest out in the water of anybody maybe 100 yards further out than all the other surfers. Which, maybe if the other surfers, you go, what is that crazy guy doing out there? He's waiting for a wave. It would be massive. Might as well catch these little ones in here. But I know what I'm doing. And I waited. 
and then it came the shadow. And I caught this wave that was way over my head with the witnesses of my buddies in the shallow area all looking at me going up and down the face of that wave. So when I was done putting my board in the back of my truck in the parking lot, one after another came up to me. Hey, Robbie, that was incredible. (laughs) I got to tell you. It makes you feel that much better when you've been witnessed riding the biggest wave. It was awesome. And after I surfed, I did what I usually do. I go to visit my favorite donut shop. Knowing that I would be talking about Kevin Short's paintings and how he puts globs of white paint on the blue water, literally like the sun shimmering, Well, at Good Time Donuts, Sue said to me, hold on a second, I have something for you. Okay, what could this be? A new kind of donut? A new kind of muffin? And she presents to me a blueberry bran muffin where she does the twice usual amount of blueberries. There's more blueberry than there is muffin, bran. And they held their shape. So it was just like those circular gobs of paint, only they were blue. It was like eating a painting. This blueberry brand muffin that she made with extra blueberries. It was succulent and juicy and so sweet. Mm, Good time donuts. Maybe she'll have some left if you go up there. Ask her if she has any the blueberry brand with the extra blueberries you will to die for. I do want to do a clap revision, though, with a professional athlete, and that is J.C. Jackson. And there's a real storm occurring now. Seattle uh, Seahawks coach Pete Carroll, our very own Cooper Cup, and many others are starting to talk about It's time to rethink artificial turf and have natural turf because many of the players are saying, and Fred Dreyer, who's been a guest on this show many times, that we need to get back to natural turf. There will be less injuries in their opinion. So there's a move afoot, no pun intended, to actually go back to that. But J.C. Jackson tore his patella tendon. And I want to explain a little bit so you understand what that is. I have a truck and I have a bumper on the back of my truck and it has a ball that sticks up out of it. That ball is the male end of the female end, which is the hemisphere from the end of the boat trailer that fits on top. So if you're hauling a boat on a trailer, you connect it to the back of your truck through the bumper All of the weight of that wide trailer and that wide boat all concentrates right there on that ball, the connection between the hemisphere and the sphere. Well, your quadriceps muscle, look at your thigh right now. Feel the front of your thigh right now. The four muscles, vastus medialis, vastus lateralis, vastus intermedialis, rectus femoris, and there's actually a fifth muscle, the sartorius. 
You know what's so interesting about sartorius? You know what sartorius means in Latin? It means tailor. Why would they call this muscle, the fifth muscle of the quadriceps, sartorius? Have anything to do with a tailor? Well, when you think about it, in order for you to sew a pair of pants or a jacket, a tailor lifts their leg up and actually rests their bent right leg on their left leg as they sew. If they're sitting, they pretty much pick up that right leg and flex their knee and have the left leg holding their right leg. Well, in order to flex, adduct, and rotate your leg, one of the muscles that does that is this diagonal muscle in the front of the thigh called the sartorius. So it's called the tailor muscle because that's what a tailor does to sew. Isn't that interesting? Another piece of information in my wacky head. But all of those muscles that the width of the boat on the boat trailer consolidate and go right to the kneecap. That kneecap, that calcification, sesamoid bone in those muscles have an attachment that allows you to extend your knee to fight gravity that attaches to the bone on your shin bone, the tibial tubercle, through the patella tendon. So when you think about J.C. Jackson tearing his patella tendon, it's as though you've ripped the boat and its trailer right off the bumper of the back of the truck. And now you're riding in your truck without a boat attached to you. All the forces of those five muscles together consolidate on that one tendon. Surgery for it, I love this operation. It's really very straightforward. You make an incision right over the kneecap and the inferior surface. Go all the way with your scalpel to the tibial tubercle. And there you'll see, looks like a, a mop that exploded. All these strands of the tendon that have ripped. And there's such an elegant stitch. It's called a Krakow stitch. You have to learn how to do it. But it's a way of locking these vertical strands of a mop by taking your, your needle with your special suture called fiber wire. It's like bulletproof material, not the old days of cotton sutures, but this tough material. And you take the needle and you sew these vertical strands with a 90-degree horizontal loop. And as you pull on the stitch, because you've gone perpendicular to the vertical orientation of the tendon, it locks it. And you're able to pull the tendon and we make drill holes in the kneecap or suture anchors we can use. And you literally tie the busted tendon strands back into the bone of the kneecap. You put something in a brace for six weeks. They can't bend their knee, but they can walk full weight bearing. No big deal. But you just can't bend. And the day after six weeks, you start therapy. You get them bending again. And J.C. Jackson will be back good as new. No doubt. He's going to miss this season. It's a bad injury. It's a season-ending injury, but it is not a career-ending injury. So I look forward to him being back. Well, I did an operation this week before I end the show that was just so inspiring yesterday. It was in a woman who was in a terrible car accident many years ago, broke her leg in so many pieces, and it healed like a pretzel. Crooked, twisted leg. How am I going to make that leg straight? The technology that I have now at my disposal is just amazing. I sent her for a CAT scan and literally built 
her damaged leg, crooked knee, in the computer virtually. And in the computer virtually, an engineer, three-dimensionally rotating it all around, built jigs that I could use. So yesterday I opened her knee up, put these jigs on, followed the lead, and she now has a perfectly straight leg. It's awesome. I love telling you these stories. Until next week, I leave you with Volare. I'll see you on the radio.